what missions must the new truth fulfill? The new truth should be able to unify knowledge by reconciling the internal truth pursued by religion and the external truth pursued by science. Consequently, it will enable all people to overcome the two types of ignorance, internal and external, and fully comprehend the two types of knowledge. Next, the new truth should lead fallen people to block the ways of the evil mind and to pursue the goals of the original mind, enabling them to attain goodness. It should guide people to remove the double-mindedness that sometimes seek good and sometimes evil. It should empower religious people to overcome the contradiction in which they face in the struggle to live according to the way. For fallen people, knowledge is the light of holding the power of revival, while ignorance is the shadow of death and the cause of ruin. Ignorance cannot beget true sentiments, and in the absence of knowledge and emotion, the will to act cannot arise. Without the proper functioning of emotion, intellect, and will, one cannot live the life of a true human being. If we are created in such a way that we cannot live apart from God, then surely our ignorance of God consigns us to walk miserable paths. Though we may diligently study the Bible, can we really say that we know clearly the reality of God? Can we ever grasp the heart of God? The new expression of truth should be able to reveal the heart of God, His heart at the joy at the time of creation, the broken heart he felt when humankind, his children, whom he could not abandon, rebelled against him, and his heart of striving to save them throughout the long course of history. Human history, woven of the lives of people who are inclined towards both good and evil, is filled with struggle. Today, external conflicts, battles over property, people and territory, are gradually diminishing. People are coming together, transcending the differences between races. The victors of World War II liberated their colonies, gave them rights equal to those of the great powers, and included them as members of the United Nations. Together, they are working toward a world order. Hostility and discord in international relations have been mitigated as economic concerns come to the forefront and nations are cooperating to construct common markets. Culture is freely circulating. The tradition of isolation of nations is being overcome and the culture distance between East and West is being bridged. Nonetheless, one final and inescapable conflict remains before us, the war between democracy and communism. Although each side has equipped itself with fearsome weapons and is pitted against the other in readiness for battle, the core of their conflict is internal and ideological. Which side will triumph in this final ideological conflict? Anyone who believes in the reality of God will surely answer that democracy will win. However, democracy does not possess any doctrine which can win over communism, nor does it have the power to do so. Therefore, in order for God's providence of salvation to be completely fulfilled, this new truth should first elevate the idealism of the democratic world to a new level, then use it to assimilate materialism, and finally bring humanity into a new world. This truth must be able to embrace all historical religions, ideologies, and philosophies and bring complete unity among them. Some people do, indeed, refuse to believe in religion. They disbelieve because they do not know the reality of God and life after death. Yet, however strongly they would like to deny these realities, it is human nature to accept and believe in them if they can be proven scientifically. Moreover, Heaven has implanted in human beings a nature such that those who place their ultimate purpose of life in the material world will eventually come to feel a great void and emptiness in their hearts. When people come to know God through the new truth and encounter the reality of the spirit world, they will realize that they should not set the ultimate purpose of life in the material world, 
but instead should look to the eternal world. They will walk the path of faith, and when they reach the final destination, they will meet as brothers and sisters. If all people are to meet as brothers and sisters by virtue of this one truth, what will that world be like? Under the light of the new truth, all those who have struggled over the long course of history to dispel the darkness of ignorance will gather. They will form one great family. Since the purpose of the truth is to realize goodness, and since God is the origin of goodness, God will be the center of the world founded upon this truth. Everyone will adore and serve God as their parent, and live in harmony with each other in brotherly love. It is human nature that when people wrong their neighbor for selfish ends, they suffer more from the pangs of their conscience than they benefit from the enjoyment of unrighteous gains. Anyone realizing this will restrain himself from hurting his neighbor. But were genuine brotherly love to flow from the depths of people's hearts, they would no longer wish to do anything that would cause pain to their neighbor. How much more would this be true in a society of people who actually feel that God, who transcends time and space and observes their every act, wants them to love each other. Therefore, once the sinful history of humanity has come to an end, a new historical era will begin wherein people simply will not commit sins. The reason why people who believe in God continue to commit sins is because their faith in God has been merely conceptual. It has not touched their innermost feelings. Who among them would ever dare to commit sin if they experienced God in the depths of their being? Would they not tremble if they felt the reality of heavenly law that those who commit crimes cannot escape the destiny of hell? The world without sin which has just been described, this long-sought goal of humankind, may be called the kingdom of heaven. Since the world is to be established on the earth, it may be called the kingdom of heaven on earth. We can conclude that the ultimate purpose of God's work of salvation is to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. It was explained above that human beings fell and that this fall took place after the human race originated. If we accept the existence of God, then it is obvious what kind of world God originally wanted to realize before the fall of the first human ancestors. It suffices to say that this world was to be the kingdom of heaven on earth, wherein God's purpose of creation would bear fruit. Due to the fall, Human beings failed to establish this world. Instead, they fell into ignorance and built a sinful world. Since then, fallen human beings have unceasingly struggled to restore the kingdom of heaven on earth, the world God originally intended to create. Over the long course of history, they have sought for truth, both internal and external, and have strived to pursue goodness. Thus, behind human history is God's providence to restore a world where the purpose of God's creation is fulfilled. Accordingly, the new truth should guide fallen human beings to return to their original state. To do this, it must reveal the purpose for which God created humankind and the universe, and teach about the process of their restoration and its ultimate goal. Did human beings fall by eating a fruit called the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as is written literally in the Bible? If not, then what was the cause of the fall? The new truth must answer these and other questions which have pained and troubled the minds of profound thinkers throughout the ages. Why did the God of perfection and beauty create human beings with the potential to fall? Why did the omniscient and omnipotent God not prevent their fall, even though he was aware that they were falling? Why did God not save sinful humankind in an instant with his almighty power? As we marvel at the scientific laws concealed in the natural world, we can deduce that God, its creator, truly is the very origin of science. If human history is God's providence to restore the world wherein his purpose of creation is fulfilled, it must be that God, the master of all laws, has led the long providence of restoration according to an orderly plan. 
It is our most urgent task to comprehend how the sinful history of humanity began, what formulas and laws have governed the course of the providence, how history will be consummated, and, finally, into what kind of world humanity will enter. The new truth must offer questions to all of these and deeper questions of life. When the answers are made clear, it will not be possible to deny the existence of God, the ruler who plans and guides history. We will recognize in every historical event traces of the heart of God as he struggled to save fallen human beings. In addition, the new truth should be able to elucidate many difficult issues in Christianity, which has been granted the mission to establish its fear of culture worldwide. Educated people are not fully satisfied with the simple assertion that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of humanity. They have carried on many theological debates in their efforts to understand the deeper significance of Christian doctrines. The new truth should elucidate the relationships between God, Jesus, and human beings. They will be explained in light of the principle of creation. Furthermore, it should clarify the difficult mysteries surrounding the Holy Trinity. It should show why God's salvation of humanity was possible only through shedding the blood of His only begotten Son on the cross. Still, difficult issues remain. Christians believe that salvation is given through the atonement of the cross. Yet no one has ever given birth to a child who is sinless and in no need of redemption by the Savior. This demonstrates that, even after their rebirth in Christ, people continue to pass down the original sin to their children. This raises a crucial question. What is the extent of redemption by the cross? How many millions of Christians in the 2,000-year history of Christianity have boasted that their sins were completely forgiven by virtue of the blood of the crucifixion? Yet in reality, a sinless individual, family, or society has never appeared. Furthermore, Christian spirit has been in a gradual decline. How are we going to reconcile the discrepancy between the conventional belief in complete redemption through the crucifixion and the actual reality? These are only some of the many dilemmas we face. The new truth, for which we long, should provide plain answers. Many other difficult riddles are found in the Bible, couched in symbolism and metaphors such as, Why must Jesus come again? When and where and how will his return take place? How will fallen people be resurrected at his coming? What is the meaning of the biblical prophecies that heaven and earth will be destroyed by fire and other calamities? The new truth should explain these puzzles, not in estochic language, but as Jesus promised, in plain language that everyone can understand. Divergent interpretations of such symbolic and metaphorical biblical verses have inevitably led to the division of Christianity into denominations. Only with the aid of the new truth, with its clear explanations, can we bring about Christian unity. This ultimate life-giving truth, however, cannot be discovered through an exhaustive investigation of scriptures or scholarly texts, nor can it be invented by any human intellect. As is written in the book of Revelation, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. This truth must appear as a revelation from God. With the fullness of time, God has sent one person to this earth to resolve the fundamental problems of human life in the universe. His name is Sun Myung Moon. For several decades, he wandered through the spirit world so vast as to beyond imagining. He trod a bloody path of suffering in search of the truth, passing through tribulations that God alone remembers. Since he understood that no one can find the ultimate truth to save humanity without first passing through the bitterness of trials, he fought alone against millions of devils, both in the spiritual and physical worlds, and triumphed over all of them. Through intimate spiritual communication with God and by meeting with Jesus and many saints in paradise, he brought to light all the secrets of heaven. The words proclaimed on these pages are only a portion of this truth. 
This volume is merely a compilation of what his disciples have hitherto heard and seen. We believe and hope that when the time is ripe, more profound portions of the truth will be published. In every corner of the world, countless souls who have been groping in the darkness are receiving the light of this new truth and are being reborn. As we witness this, we cannot stop shedding tears of the deepest inspiration. We desire from the bottom of our hearts that its light quickly fills the earth.